The bees draw you into their community, and you have to allow yourself to be drawn in so that you can understand what's taking place. You can't just do it objectively. You have to become a part of the community of bees. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Bee Yard. You're listening to episode 25, Get Stung Much. According to the Schmidt Pain Index, a scale that rates the relative pain of insect stings, the sting of the western honeybee is burning and corrosive. It's like a flaming match head has landed on your arm. In truth, the pain and reaction to bee stings is both relative and changeable. Today's episode is about living under the influence of honeybee stings. My name is Laura Tyler. I'm your producer and host. This is episode 25, Get Stung Much, written by Tom Theobald in 1991 and read by Tom in 2021. My mother might claim that her gray hair came prematurely as a result of the escapades of her two sons, and there probably is some merit to her argument. As I look back on it now, I realize that my brother and I had an extraordinary amount of freedom from an early age, and I sometimes marvel that we survived it relatively unscathed. There's little doubt, in my mind at least, that this early freedom didn't prepare me very well for the often confining roles which adult life requires. From the age of four, I roamed the woods and shores of the lake we lived on, getting into all kinds of boyhood mischief. My mother still tells about emptying the pockets of my jeans after a day of these excursions to find them filled with bloodsuckers, leeches. Why these bloodsuckers held such a fascination for me remains a mystery. Maybe they were the only things I could pluck from the undersides of lakeshore rocks that would fit into my little pockets. Symbolically, at least, I think I still fill my pockets with bloodsuckers from time to time. Another boyhood activity that consumed many lazy summer afternoons was the stalking of bumblebees as they worked in the large hollyhock blossoms. As the bumblebees busied themselves with pollen and nectar, we would quietly approach and fold the petals closed, much to the displeasure of the bee. Since we had no intention of harming the bees, the next challenge was how to release them. Most would fly off angrily into the distance as we opened the flower, but occasionally one would spot us standing there. The result was a painful sting on some tender portion of our anatomy. The first time this happened, my mother comforted me briefly and then said, Now, Tommy, the next time this happens, just find some mud and put it on the sting and the pain will go away in five minutes. I went away vowing not to get stung again, but of course, I did. 
Remembering my mother's remedy, I found some mud, put it on the sting, and in five minutes the pain was gone. I thought my mother was wonderful. She knew everything. It wasn't until many years later, when I started my beekeeping career and began accumulating my lifetime quota of stings, that I saw my mother's advice in a different light. It's the time that's critical, not the mud, and nearly any substance known to man will take the pain away in five minutes. For some working beekeepers, a word or two of well-chosen profanity, muttered spontaneously, has the same effect and saves us the time of looking around for mud all day. I'm sure most farmers and ranchers have a mental list of the darndest questions asked by city people. Several years ago, I stood with my brother-in-law in the twilight at the door to the chicken coop as we watched the chickens arrange themselves on the high roost. Rich turned to me and said, Have you ever thought of putting foam rubber on the bottom of the coop? I suspected where the question was leading, but asked, Why? So the eggs won't break when they hit the ground, was his reply. On another occasion, I had to go into a lengthy explanation of chicken biology for a honey customer who had begun buying eggs from us to assure her that she wasn't going to crack an egg and find a fluffy little chick flopping in her frying pan. Beekeepers get a little uneasy when the question turns to stinging. We like to think of the bees as tireless, gentle benefactors of agriculture, as essential links in the food chain, pollinators of billions of dollars worth of crops and one-third of the American diet, producers of a natural delicacy, honey. We like to emphasize the bees' positive contribution, their gentle nature, but the fact is they do sting. The surprising thing is that they sting so seldom. I usually try to explain that bees sting only to protect themselves or their hive, that foraging in the field, they are well-behaved and unaggressive. I say that when nectar is coming in, the bees are happy and busy doing what they are programmed for, and it is difficult to provoke them. I describe times when I have gone through dozens of colonies, frame by frame, exposing myself to literally millions of bees without taking a single sting. These explanations often meet with a certain look of disappointment, as if I had failed to reinforce their prejudices, or at least destroyed their image of the beekeeper as a daring soul, battling bravely against angry swarms of insects to secure his crop of honey. Admittedly, there are times when their view is accurate, when the nectar isn't coming in, and the bees are very protective, when the bee yard is a roar of wings as the bees do their best to drive us away as we work. But these are the things non-beekeepers never see, the war stories traded among beekeepers, usually over a beer, accompanied by generous laughter. Beekeepers don't go looking for stings, 
but we aren't intimidated by them either. We accept an occasional sting as a part of doing business and take it in stride, like a carpenter getting a sliver or a seamstress poking a finger with a needle. Few beekeepers react to bee stings. In fact, for many, getting stung regularly reduces any reaction they might have. But there are people who do react, some severely. When they find that I am a beekeeper, they relate their individual horror stories, describe in small detail which parts of their body swelled to what size the last time they were stung. And some tell me that they will die if stung by a single bee. There are people who are truly hypersensitive to stings from bees and wasps. It is these people for whom I have real sympathy, although I suspect some of these equate pain with death. What has always amazed me is that few of these people I have come in contact with has ever taken steps to change their hypersensitivity. While they would think nothing of getting a flu shot or immunization for various communicable diseases, they seem resigned to a life spent in fear of flying insects. It needn't be that way. What's your favorite piece of this story about stings that you just read? Oh, I, I think it's my mother telling me to put <laughs> mud on the bee stings. I remember thinking about that after I'd been a beekeeper for a short time. I was so proud of my mother for having a remedy to getting stung by a bumblebee, and I realized that, I don't know if she really knew it or not, but I realized that the pain is going to go away in five minutes regardless. <laughs> what was your mom like, Tom? Oh, she was a little uh, eccentric. She was an animal lover. She didn't uh, learn to drive until she was in her 40s. And she had a bumper sticker that says, I break for animals. And she meant it. <laughs> we had to work real hard to be higher on the list than the animals. She loved her children dearly, but heaven <laughs> help the child that didn't treat animals properly. Wow. And I'm sure I've inherited a great deal of that. I try to hide most of it. but <laughs> I was going to say, I think that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. So there's a really interesting line in here. You say, symbolically at least, I think I still fill my pockets with bloodsuckers from time to time. Can you tell me what you mean by that? Well, I put that in there to make people think a little bit about what those bloodsuckers represented. Why would I put them in my pocket? And I'm still putting things in my pocket that are controversial or questionable. or I put that in there to make people think a bit about what is he saying here? So, yeah, it really did make me think, what is this to you? What are these symbolic bloodsuckers in your pockets? I'm always uh, prepared to take on questions, 
questionable situations. I think part of my uh, life has been spent trying to get people to think about things that are important and deserve their attention. And if you had bloodsuckers in your pocket, wouldn't you be paying attention? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's such an interesting image because I grew up in Maine, and I think Mm -hmm. bloodsuckers were definitely a thing, and I thought they were really gross, like definitely did not want to have them in my pockets. (laughs) They are gross. And here's a four-year-old boy putting them in his pocket. That raises questions in my mind. (laughs) what it was I was doing. Absolutely. There's another part of this where you're talking about prejudices that people have about the beekeeper, maybe an image of the beekeeper as a daring soul battling bravely against angry swarms. That to me is one image of how beekeepers may be presented in the media I think there are a few different ones. Do you want to talk about that? Well, I think uh, there's a fairly large segment of the population that views beekeepers as courageous individuals. They wouldn't think of dealing with the numbers of bees that we do because they have a general fear of them. Mm -hmm. But as a beekeeper... I don't. I know there are times when I should fear the bees, and it's time to step away. But I don't have a generalized fear of the bees. Mm -hmm. Beekeeping is actually a very peaceful activity 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. There's something it reminds me of when you're diving and using oxygen, an oxygen tank, if you're in a school of fish, there's a feeling of being surrounded and being in this otherworldly place that beekeeping reminds me of. And then there's this kind of in the background, there's a little element of danger. I remember one time when I was working through a yard of bees, a yard would be a couple dozen colonies. And I was about halfway through and something caught my attention. And I looked up to see that one of John Hartman's limousine bulls had come into the bee yard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was so absorbed by the bees that until that bull was right in there with me, I wasn't aware of it. I think absorb is a really terrific word to use to describe what it feels like. It's absorbing. Yes. I had another question for you. I'm not sure how to ask this one. I think it has to do with fear. So you were talking a little bit about equating pain with the fear of death. Well, I think a lot of people attach a great deal more importance to a sting than they really need to. And I would accept to that the people who are truly sensitive and will react. But I think that the majority of the population equates pain with death. Not death, literally, but they attach far more importance to the incident than it warrants. I have had situations where I have had 
thousands of bees trying to drive me out of the bee yard. I took between 750 and 1,000 stings in about 15 minutes. Hmm. I should have been horrified by that. I found it very interesting. And I knew that I had taken enough stings that I had a sufficient amount of foreign protein in my system that I was close to being in real trouble. But I found it to be fascinating, and just one more incident that a beekeeper needs to deal with. One of the reasons I'm finding this line of conversation so interesting is that that's part of my yoga practice as well as leaning into discomfort and using that as a, it's like an opportunity in a way. I feel like that's part of what you're talking about here. I think the attitude that I came to after many years of working with bees is that I am in control and I am in charge. Regardless of what they do, I'm capable of dealing with it. That's the attitude I have as a beekeeper with, at the peak, I had about 200 colonies of bees, but I was the master And I didn't back down from anything when it came to the bees. Mm. I was the master. The master of what? What were you the master of? I was the master of the bees and anything they wanted to throw at me. I was confident that I could deal with it. Thank you for listening to Notes from the Bee Yard. We publish new episodes on Fridays at noon. Join us next week for episode 26. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you're invited to drop a comment there. Or you can find us at notesfromthebeeyard.buzz. 